Awakened Reality Podcast, JFK Assassination. Okay, so we're back. Hey! Or we're, did we ever leave? Maybe we, we just changed our clothes. Yeah, we changed our clothes to a shower. So you're, oh yeah, we're here with uh, a, a, a beer, dear and near to my heart. It's um, uh, Utica Club. Utica Club is the name of the beer. And, you ever, uh, ever had one of these? Yeah, I have, uh, I have not. I, I've heard a lot about it. Yeah. I've heard people say people our age should be drinking this shit, but I don't know. <laughs> oh, really? That's what you heard? <laughs> I heard it's an old folks beer. And no generational discrimination, trust me, okay? But, <laughs> you know, uh, let us know in the comments what you think of Utica Club. Is this a hard beer to get, like, to get your hands on if I, you're not around Utica or in New York at least? I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, you know, I, I, I have no idea. I mean, I know I used to drink uh-huh. Narragansett. And uh, uh-huh. you know, did you like it? Was it good? No, no, no. But it was cheap as a kid. You know, we had you know, it was like eight dollars a case. <laughs> so well, I, I went to college about an hour outside of Utica, maybe less. And so this was the beer that we drank. How was it then? I remember enjoying it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. Okay. I'm curious to know how it'll stand up. Well, you know, all these years later, I'm, you know, 40, I'm, 40 years after. You know, I'm curious to see after the last podcast if we're going to stand up. <laughs> True, anyway, true. Um, welcome to Awaken Reality, or soon to be maybe what changed to something else. Like a, I don't know. I, I, like that, I don't think I, I, she said something about just some some oh, a really good Someone, friend of ours yeah, friend said of ours. said something about changing the name, and we were like, yeah, you know, when you start it was a great suggestion. Yeah, yeah it but, really was. But I, I like our name. It's Awaken so, Reality, a deep history podcast. This is a this is a brewed from the best quality malt grains and choicest hops in Utica. Choicest. Yes. Is it choicest or choiciest? Choicest. Choicest. Is that a word? It is on the can, yes. Well, evidently. Choicest. I think it is. Choicest hops. Not the choiciest. <laughs> Absolutelyest pure. No, it's absolutely. absolutely pure. Yes, it's the best quality malt grain and hops that they could find in Utica. Oh, here's an interesting tad of, a tidbit of fact. Effective. Did you know, it's a factoid, that Utica Club is the first beer sold in the United States after Prohibition? Wow, is that when you first were drinking it? It's <laughs> <laughs> really funny, Dee. Um, but here's the thing, okay, look. Um, oh, a little factoid about Prohibition. Did you know that it's true? And if you look it up, you'll find that it's true. That the government actually poisoned alcohol during prohibition <laughs> seriously oh yeah they poisoned it oh yeah they so did. like if somebody cheated on prohibition they would get they totally would sick the they already paid a price like they get deathly sick some even some even died what they should have done is just made it like twice as strong it might have been what they did and then if people drank it then they would get like twice as well healing. you know it's kind of like okay that'll teach you to yeah. not do what we tell you to do i mean really really but just check it just look it up okay so we're looking forward to seeing some uh how you got hammered on utica club Maybe that's what Uncle Joe's going to start doing to our uh, marijuana. <laughs> College stories about the beer drinking. And what about Narragansett? How many of you folks drank Narragansett? And you know what? Let's I don't just, think I've ever had that. Let's just throw in um, Jenny Cream Ale. 
Oh my god. Cream ale. So was it literally creamy? It was it was you know what, honestly, for those of you who are gonna put it in the comments that have drank have drank? Have drinking? Have drunken. Have drunken Miller. Not Miller. Drunken Miller is the name of a person. But who drank who have drunk in, who have drunken. Who have drunken. Who have who have <laughs> drunken uh, uh, Jenny Cream Ale back in the eighties, mm -hmm. early eighties, late seventies. Chime in, because I got to tell you, when I was a kid drinking that beer, yeah. it was the best. But then, like, somewhere around 83, 84... They monkeyed with the formula? Dude, they must have done... They must have put a dead monkey in the formula, <laughs> because it it was ass, bro. It was ass. Not like I know what ass tastes like, but, bro, I got to tell you... That's what you imagine it would be. Oh, ugh. I mean, I never imagined what ass yeah. tastes like. So I always okay, thought it I, tasted like I, Heineken. <laughs> Heineken? <laughs> Heineken. Yeah. Anyway, you make a club. Cheers. Cheers, cheers. Open it. You can't drink it unless it's open. You freaking. Oh, nice, Steve. Oh, I'm putting mine this way. All right. Cheers. There you go. Merry Christmas. Mm. Oh, that's actually not bad. Yeah. What do you think? I mean, it's not the best beer I've ever had, but. No, it's easy to drink, I yeah. will say. Uh, it is a little creamy, isn't it? It's a little creamy. Uh, but. You know, I mean, um, yeah, it's okay. I remember it. this. This I do remember this beer now that I, you know. It's funny. It's like it's like Proust with the Madeleine. You, oh wait, 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 you wait, never... wait, 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 wait. <laughs> okay, I don't speak many languages. Okay, yeah. and our our listeners might not. What does Peace Agamemnon mean? Proust, Marcel Proust with the Madeleine. That's wait, how. Can he... you say that in the camera? Marcel Proust with the Madeleine. Okay, now can you translate? Okay, so. You may have heard of Marcel Proust. He's a famous novelist. Oh yes! And he wrote a series of novels called "Were Together." There's six of them, or maybe seven, that all together comprise "Remembrances of Things Past." The most oh. famous of which is "Swan's Way." And so all you all you ladies, you know, who are very excited about intelligent people, please, you know, write Steve. He's very intelligent. You know, and if that, you know, kind of turns you on, don't worry. His wife won't be upset. I'm not saying he's married because that would give you away a little bit about your about your personal life. But, you know, I mean, you know, he's very, very intelligent, as you can say. I don't even know. I thought Prost was a tool. Prost? Yeah. Well, I don't know anything about tools. It was so. something like a tool, like, you know, something you buy at Home Depot or some shit. Like, yeah. You know. The new Prost! You know, but anyway. So Prost so, is a novelist. In the first novel, the way that everything starts, this remembrances of things past. Well, obviously, he's writing about, you know, his life. Um, everything's that occurred um, previously, and the way that everything hence the past. Yes. No. Okay. Yes. So you're, you're right, right with me. Mm -hmm. So the way <laughs> the way that the books the series begins is he's he's kind of an old age, mm -hmm. and he's sitting down to tea, and he takes a madeleine and he dips it into his tea. Okay. Okay. So for those of us who 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 didn't take the SAT, what's a madeleine? Is oh, madeleine. Like, is like, it's is like, like a little like a girl, or is it like a, well, uh, an instrument? It can be a girl. Yes, it's also an instrument, but it's it's like a little pastry. Ah. It's like a French pastry that you can. It's almost like a donut, yeah. you know. And it's kind of lemon flavored. For all us get her dones, that's what yeah. that means. Okay, they're quite <laughs> they're quite delightful. If, if you if you can ever get your Steve, hands, did you just say quite delightful? <laughs> they're quite delightful. Oh my gosh. Okay, if you can get your hands on a madeleine. Um, but what he did <laughs> I was, got my hands on a madeleine one time. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> He dipped it into. He dipped. He's an old guy, right? Ah. He dipped the madeleine into his tea, and he took a bite. And somehow that triggered, like, 
because you know he must have had like when he was a child he must have done the same thing randomly you know dipped a madeleine in some tea and ate it and so that kind of sensory experience triggered this rush of memories from his childhood and that's what sets off the whole um the whole series of books wow it's a very famous scene in literature so so what i'm saying is this is my madeleine does it's, it does it what does it remind you of steve um being drunk while i was in college huh? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody dipped anything into you, did they? They might have dipped something in the beer. We're we're eight minutes in. <laughs> yeah, you know you can't pay for this kind of content. You really can't. I mean, and the thing is, you gotta. Understand. I mean, you could. Well, you could. You actually, maybe you should. But here's the thing, right? We joke. Yes, mm-hmm. we we fool around. We are normal people. We are not. We've said this before, right? We are not tinfoil hat wearing conspiracy psychopaths. Okay. We dig in for the truth. Today will be another installment of the truth. And here we go. Yep. Okay, so we didn't quite finish with Marilyn Monroe. No. During our last podcast. Nope, we sure didn't. Um, and so we're going to jump right back into that. Good idea. Um, we talked about some of the things, some of the circumstances of her death and kind of what they found there. And what, they what, didn't. The, what the official story was, etc. Mm. Actually, I don't even think we quite got to that, did we? Um, a we, little bit. A little bit. Um, but before we get more into that, let's talk a little bit about JFK and Robert Kennedy's relationship, just so we're laying all the cards out on the table. You mean with Marilyn? Or, or with Marilyn. Okay. okay. Yes. I don't know anything happened. They didn't have the same sort of relationship with each other. Nothing happened between them, though. Right? <laughs> not that okay. we know of. Okay. You can't. never can rule anything out. No, but. Not that there's anything wrong. Oh, by the way, this is beef eaters that we're having here, too, so we're kind of... Yeah, we're... And there's nothing wrong. Look, look, if you can drink and do a podcast and still be cohesive and coherent. Which I think we failed that last time. We did. We but did. This but is another we hope day, it was entertaining. Another opportunity. Yeah. And, and we're going to try to be better drinkers. Yes. <laughs> and better podcasters yes. in the future. Moving yeah. forward. Yeah. So, uh, um, allegedly, hmm, both John F. Kennedy and his brother had a sexual That's relationship. That's not allegedly. That's not allegedly. Yeah. Well, Okay. For those skeptics out there to say I need the video proof, it's it's allegedly. Well, suppose I think most people think that this is, you know, probably occurred. Supposedly she divulged that fact to yeah. her friends and yeah. psychiatrists. There's supposed to be a tape that exists, yeah. you know. You put so. everything together, the fact that, you know, well, it might be harder to believe for Robert because Robert mm-hmm. was married and I think he really loved his wife, mm-hmm. Ethel. Okay, and Ethel looked like an Ethel. I'm, okay, wait. Talking about Bobby Kennedy? Yeah. yeah. Now, Bobby, uh, nothing wrong with the word Ethel. Okay, Does mm-hmm. this, is that short for something? Ethylene, I think. Uh, no, no, I don't know. Ethylene. <laughs> it's like, isn't that like the other alcohol? Anyway, <laughs> but so, yeah, right? She was not the prettiest girl in the world. Not that there's anything wrong with girls who aren't pretty. All right? I dated some. And if you're out there, <laughs> you know who you are. But, right? So, there you have it. Yes. Anyway, Ethel mm-hmm. was his wife. And and so if there's any question about maybe what, if he didn't, if he really loved his wife, he had a lot of kids, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but I really do think that they did. I, I think both of them did. And I think the reason why is because John Kennedy said, uh, yeah, you need to stop. And, uh, you know, coming and calling us. Because mm-hmm. she had his actual, like, private number. It was supposed to be JFK that she was with first, and then yeah. Bobby Kennedy after. Right, and, and and I think she was with Bobby so that she could believe that she was almost with JFK because they look kind of almost yeah a little alike bit. a little bit yeah. you know. But anyway, That's true. Okay. Um, so in terms of the timeline, 
Supposedly, the date that that um, tape was made was November fourteenth, nineteen sixty-one, mm-hmm. um, and like you, like you heard, it was at it was supposed to be at Peter Lawford's home in California. Oh, and by the way, you know how they got that tape? How it came about, right? Um, I'm gonna guess. I don't know, but did um, did that did J. Andrew Hoover have anything to do with it? No, he, actually, he did not. A gentleman named um, Ionone. Mm-hmm. Uh, was the was the he was hired by Hoover mm-hmm. as a special detective okay. to put the bugs in Marilyn's in Marilyn's home. And there were bugs in Marilyn's home. So he Hoover was, was involved in. Well, he was, but not. Uh, he wasn't there in the room. Yeah, it's more of a more of a accessory to the fact kind of okay. thing. Okay. Um, but yes, Ionone did, and he was there when Marilyn got killed with the needle from. Freaking mm-hmm. crazy ass doctor with all of a sudden had a hypodermic needle in his bag. Yeah, yeah. You know. But anyway, we'll go ahead. Um, now, um, so we, as we mentioned, that tape was supposedly from November 14th, 1961. On August 3rd, 1962, <clears throat> there's a, um, a government report drafted that day, um, the subject of which is a transcript of a wiretap telephone conversation between Howard Rothberg and Dorothy Kilgallen, uh-huh. during which Marilyn Monroe and her affairs with both JFK and RFK are discussed. Yeah, Kilgallen knew. Kilgallen mm-hmm. knew. Yeah. So among the statements recorded um, in this report are the following. Uh, Monroe threatened to hold a press conference and would tell all. Monroe made reference to her diary of secrets yep. and what the newspapers would do with such disclosures. Mm-hmm. Um, and... This is an odd thing. You don't know if this is true. This is, again, this is what she was saying. Well, you know what? you got to know a little bit about Dorothy Kilgallen. Mm-hmm. Okay? Look at Dead Wrong. It, it is an audio book and or a book that talks a lot about Dorothy Kilgallen. There's also a website um, hosted by a woman. I, I, uh, her name, you know, leaves my mind for, for now. But she actually has a webpage about it. About Dorothy Kilgallen and mm-hmm. everything about her. She's probably the definitive word about everything Dorothy Kilgallen. Okay. And she was the same way. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. <coughs> um, <coughs> this is an interesting tidbit as well. Another thing that I think Dorothy Kilgallen said, I don't know if this makes you think it's more or less likely to be true, she said that um, Monroe claimed to her that JFK took her to, quote, a secret air base for the purpose of inspecting things from outer space. I heard that. Look, that's... <clears throat> that's, that's just that's, what Monroe said. Who knows? That's skeptic fodder. Uh-huh. That is what that is. Oh, okay. Interesting. Okay? I mean, you know, so it, it could be or it couldn't be. I mean, I, I bet you he, he might have tried. His personality might have been to be like, hey, come and see my... Uh, you know, but I don't know if they'd let him get away with it. Unless, uh-huh. you know, I mean, can you imagine being the airman or whoever is at the door? <laughs> and <a laughs> President Kennedy walks up with Marilyn Monroe and says, All right, uh, airman, uh, go ahead and open that door. And the airman goes, But I'm not supposed. But he's the president, right? Can he do whatever the hell he wants? There you go. Commander and chief. And if you saw John Kennedy, and for the people that love John Kennedy, if you saw him walk up, you'd be like, Thing is, I don't There's think. There's the door, John. I don't think JFK is w- would have been stupid enough to do that, though. It doesn't sound like him. I mean, I know. No, he, no. I know that he was Nixon, on a, maybe. I know that he was on a lot of medications, but he seemed like he functioned pretty well. You know, 
cognitively despite all that. So I just don't see him doing no, that. That's just me. And again, like we said, right? You know, skeptic mm-hmm. fodder. Yeah. Um, so according to certain theories, what happened was that the Kennedy... This is a theory I don't ascribe to, but I'm just saying. There are some theories that say that the Kennedy brothers became terrified that the increasingly unstable Monroe would reveal their affairs, and therefore they had her killed. Just flat out killed. Now let me ask you, why why, why do you think that's so so far out of the question? I don't think it's far... Well, I mean... Given I the fact that we know, mm-hmm. by eyewitness accounts, that Robert Kennedy mm-hmm. visited Marilyn Monroe's place twice on the day she was dead. Good killed. point. Eyewitnesses, it said, they saw Robert Kennedy go there. And, and, and they said they were rummaging through... You know, her private suite, looking for something. Hmm. Hmm. Perhaps it was the diary. That, might I add, I don't believe anyone has found yet. But the bottom line is, if you if you dig into Marilyn's life like I have, and I'm sure tons of others that have done a lot more, I'm not like the definitive anything. Uh, look, mm-hmm. okay, I'm not. But the thing is, is with the information that I have found and dug into, you know, Marilyn was highly disturbed. She spent time in a mental institution, institution mm-hmm. and you know, she she could have been making all this up. Maybe she just thought that these guys loved her. Who knows, mm-hmm. right? And yeah, that's yeah. the out for anybody that doesn't do a lot of research on both sides of, of the spectrum. But from what I've learned, I really believe that she loved both of these guys, and her life was on the upswing right before she died. Mm-hmm. There's just so many things that go mm-hmm. into this whole thing that make it look like it couldn't have been something that was just, oh, gee, an accidental overdose. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so let's see. Here's some different um, claims. Um, the very first allegation that she had been murdered rather than um, you know committed suicide um, originated um, in an anti, in anti-communist activist's Frank A. Capel's self-published pamphlet, The Strange Death of Marilyn Monroe. He published this in 1964. Can you say it again? Who was it? Frank A. Capel. Uh-huh. Can you spell that? Um, C-A-P-E-L-L. Okay. Um, the pamphlet was The Strange Death of Marilyn Monroe. Okay, stop. For those of you that want to go out and check that out, get back to us and let us know what you found on this stuff. Mm-hmm. Because there's got to be people out there that have the same kind of interest that we do. Mm-hmm. And, and haven't really found something to dig into. Yeah, this would be a good opportunity. This would be amazing. And it, it, there were many before this podcast mm-hmm. and many after this that there will be, right? We, we are the so guys... We can't go into literally oh, everything. We can't. But I bet you there's a lot of information there that would be really good for us to give to the rest of the viewers. So mm-hmm. please, by all means, we'll give you a shout out, whatever page you have or whatever. Mm-hmm. But if you give us that information and if you do that work, please, by all means, we'll give you that credit. Yeah, definitely. Um, so he claimed that her death was part of a communist conspiracy. Oh, that's... Okay, so there that goes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry! Well, I mean, no. this had a lot of legs in 1964. Yeah, well, Jesus Christ, if you, th- you look back to the 1960s, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Hoover was a psychopath on communists. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so he claimed that um, Monroe and Robert Kennedy had an affair, which we've already talked about, yeah. which she took too seriously and was threatening to cause a scandal. Same old story. I agree with that. Yep. And then Kennedy ordered her to be assassinated to protect his career. But what he did was, so we've heard that already, but what he he said here was he said that um, 
Kennedy was a communist sympathizer, so he essentially said he was a, a secret communist. And, you know what? And and he said that um, many people close to Monroe and people who were kind of manipulating her in different ways, mm -hmm. such as her doctors and ex-husband Arthur Miller, were also communists. Look, and some of them might have been. But. Look, I mean, isn't that the catchphrase back in the 60s? Come on. Mm -hmm. Here's the thing. Anybody that was doing anything other than what is deemed as patriotic mm -hmm. was a communist back then. That's true. <laughs> it You're right. Matter. It was kind of the term that's used. Call them that. It's kind of like uh, the, the... Well, I'm not even going to say it, but... <laughs> well, I could say something. It's kind of like now where if anybody wants to do something for the working people, it's like, ah, they're a socialist. <laughs> there you go. They're a socialist. <laughs> you know, it's like they don't even think what the word means, right? My point, right? So... so every Every generation has their... Their Look, way, or every, the, the corporate elite in every generation has their own way of kind of stigmatizing. Look at Kennedy's um, Kennedy's speech, and we referenced this before at the uh, what was it? Um, the speech where he talked about uh, Russia and 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 maintaining peace, um, and he was criticized. Mm -hmm. Oh, when you, when you kind of. Yeah, you know, yeah, he's, was he, reaching out to them. Yeah, yeah. And, and the thing is, what people didn't know is he already did it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he was just talking to people about it. I know you're right. That's stupid because anytime like a, a president <laughs> makes a, makes a foreign policy speech like that, they've it's already, already done they've it. already done it like in the back channels. It's not like oh, if they just hadn't made that speech, everything would be fine. Well, how do you know, Steve? That's true. I mean, I don't know for a fact. Uh, you know that's true. Well, here's the thing. Of course, I think the Soviets sometimes just made speeches. Without look, okay, nobody... Them. Look, unless you're a fly on the fucking wall, mm -hmm. all right, in Iraq, at the Twin Towers, you don't know what happened. Mm -hmm. But what we're talking about, and you can say that, all of the naysayers and the, and the pessimists, and I wouldn't even call them pessimists because of them, they're the optimists. But the thing is, is if you don't believe it, and you can say, of course you can. Just understand that we know. That you can say, mm -hmm. <laughs> how do you know if it happened? Well, we weren't flies on the wall. Yeah. We weren't there. But we're going to keep going back to this theme. How many coincidences have to happen mm -hmm. yeah. before you start to say to yourself, and I'm not telling you to believe what we believe, but how many circumstances and, 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 and these, these things that happen, are you going to go, yeah, something's weird here. I mean, at least if, if you could say, if you are on the fence that says, no, it didn't happen, and we can help you to say, mm -hmm. geez, you know what, maybe there is something, then we won, <laughs> right? We win. Well, we know it's not about winning, but, no, but, we've, but, but, but when I we've say done win, what we wanted to do. Right, when I say yeah. win, we come in with, with this whole thing that says, look, we, we, we don't want to change your, your ideals or, or, or how you think. But we want to give you what you need to have in order to try to make your own opinion based on things you didn't know. Mm -hmm. And if you come up with the, wow, that's messed up, then we've done what we have to do. Mm -hmm. So go ahead. Yeah, we're really prodding. Yeah, oh yeah. Sort of poking and prodding. Yeah, that's basically it. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, most of the uh, conspiracy theories... Or theorists agree that the murder, if you assume it's a murder, was committed through a fatal injection of barbiturates. And um, this theory is supported by the lack of capsules found in Monroe's stomach, as we discussed in our last Now, podcast. I will say this. As well as, quickly, okay. as well as by a small mysterious bruise that was never explained 
which was found on her lower body. Yeah. Her lower buttocks, as a matter of fact. Yeah. Um, which is where they would have... Yeah, and morbidity, um, you know, has a lot to do. She had some black and blues on her body. She mm-hmm. was moved. Yeah. After the fact. After the fact. Yeah. Um, and just that itself. Do you really care why she was moved? My, my point is, right, maybe back then, and of course, I'm thinking like a pessimist can say, well, you know, they didn't have the technology or the or the knowledge back then to not mm-hmm. have to think about moving the body or, or lividity or more, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. They didn't have that, right? So they just, you know, moved her around. Mm-hmm. Okay. But Jesus, really? Mm-hmm. And there's also something out there that talks about the fact that there was no blue hue. Mm-hmm. In her in her digestive system from the from the drugs, there is a what I would say. Um, I mean blue blue hue from the capsules from the capsules, right? Um, that they say that she drank. They, there there is from what I think, and trust me, it's hard because I'm one way, right? Mm-hmm. And when you come at me with something different, I have to look into it, and I did mm-hmm. look into it, and unfortunately, I did look into it, and they said, well, there's a a semi valid reason why. Mm-hmm. There may or may have not have been blue hue because of the capsules in her body. Okay, what's that? What's that reason? I don't remember. <laughs> All I know okay. is is when I read it, I went fuck, right? Because I was like, okay, I understand that, but I haven't been able to dig into that part of it. Okay. You see what I'm getting at? You learn something like that and you hear it. See, I didn't read anything. Everything I read said that it should have been. Well, there, see, but, and the thing is, is but I is, mean that doesn't mean that it's maybe right. somebody else knows better. I don't know. I I like I like to, and I'm sure you do too. But mm-hmm. I like to really dig into the other side of things, not because I'm trying to win an argument, folks. It's because I want to understand what what people think. Right, mm-hmm. because no matter what you do in our system right now, there's always going to be two sides of the coin. Who they're hired by, we don't know. Mm-hmm. Whether they're standing on one side because somebody lined their bank account or gave somebody a job or or did what, mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever, who knows? What is it motivated by? What what is their opinion motivated by? Even if you know you're right, how can you ha- how can you have an effective conversation if you don't know what's motivating the other side? There it what is. What their reasons are. Here's the details of the theory about. Uh, or the alleged account of events in the theory that um, JFK and Robert Kennedy had Marilyn Monroe killed. Mm. Um, Supposedly, what happened was, this is the story that's been recounted, um, after desperate calls by Monroe to the Peter Lawford Beach House... Which have been documented. Yeah. Robert Kennedy and his brother-in-law... Who knew Lawford... mm -hmm. Very yeah. well, and were found by a policeman who pulled them over for drinking while they were driving, but didn't give them a ticket because Robert Kennedy said, do you know who I am? Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Um, so supposedly they, they returned to Marilyn Monroe's home at that time. Yes, they did. They found the actress either dead or dying. In this case, you think that she wasn't dead yet. That's kind of what you were saying. Yep. And phoned for an ambulance. One or both of them may have joined the ambulance on a last hope drive to the hospital only to turn it around when it became clear that Monroe was dead. See, this was a theory that I always kind of thought sounded a little more feasible, but you might be right as well. 
So maybe this is the theory that we're... This isn't the theory we're... Tell us what you here. think. Listen to what Steve says, and then I have one last thing to say. Yeah, no, yeah you, uh, you know more about this stuff than I do, this, this stuff. Um, so they said that the body was then replaced in the bed, nude, face down, and with a phone in her hand. Robert Kennedy um, left town rapidly to try to kind of escape. Um, and they actually think he left by helicopter. He did. People, and, there were eyewitnesses to the helicopter picking him. Oh, okay. And then Dr. Greenson, um, Monroe's psychiatrist. Psychiatrist! Um, Not medical doctor. So he actually, um, years later, I think he claimed that Robert Kennedy was present that night and that an ambulance was called. Don't know. Don't know. So well, that's that's that. Again, that's another tidbit for somebody to dig into and see if you can tell us whether or not that's true or not. So supposedly, after all of that, Peter Lawford himself... Alcoholic. ...went through Monroe's house, destroying notes, letters, anything mentioning the Kennedys, and tidied up the, the place. Um, he might have had a few friends to help him. Um, he contacted a Hollywood private detective, Fred O'Tash, telling him that Marilyn was dead. Um that Bobby was at our house and that, like, you know, we need to kind of clean up the situation. And, uh... He was plastered that night, by the way. They brought in a professional to look at our house to, to continue um, cleaning it up. But before um, they finished, or before they, they brought it, they were going to bring in somebody else to help clean, up, clean everything up. Um, somebody had... The, the people had started to come in. They'd kind of found her and, and, um, and that. But, as you mentioned before... Uh, Marilyn's diary and personal notes were never found. Um, now, the last thing I'll say before I, I'll, I'll let you get into your what you wanted to say is um, a couple other interesting tidbits. Um, Sergeant Jack Clemens was the first officer on the scene, um, and even though her death was ruled a suicide, he still maintains, quote, it was the most obvious murder I ever saw Everything was staged. Yep. Now, 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 okay. Good point, Steve. Now, he wasn't the first person mm -hmm. there. He was the first policeman there. Oh, Jack Clemens. Yes. Okay, yep. And that leads me into what I want to say. Now, now, folks, I want you to listen. And I want you to listen real close, okay? And the reason why I'm getting up close is because this is really important. I spoke to it a little bit in the last podcast. And I'm going to read this from the actual ambulance report from the, the night that or early morning that Kennedy, or that um, Marilyn Monroe was killed. On the evening of August 4th, 1962, James Hall and his partner Murray Leibowitz were returning to the UCLA Medical Center when they received an emergency call to 12305 5th Helena Drive. Hall recalled, we were real close, practically right around the corner. We were at her within two minutes. Now, mind you, this is an ambulance driver EMT who is trained. What time was this? This was at, I said, I think it was 12 o'clock. Oh, wow. So way before. Uh, let me just make sure. Um, when they arrived, a hysterical woman, who we'll name later, led them to a small guest cottage separate from the main house where they found Marilyn Monroe lying nude face up. That's important. Mm. 
face up on the bed. Her respiration and heartbeat were slight. Her pulse was weak and rapid. But present. Because CPR requires strong back support, Hall and Leibowitz moved Monroe from the bed to the floor, which may explain... The bruising. The bruising. And adjoining foyer, and placing an airway tube to facilitate breathing, they began resuscitation. Now, EMTs out there, please, please make me sound right and say that's what you should do. Hall recalled the hysterical woman was giving us trouble. She was trying to climb over us to get to Miss Monroe while I was working on her. She was screaming, she's dead, she's dead, over and over again. She was, ha she was hampering what we were doing, but I don't think that even a slap on her face would have calmed her down. She was that crazy. Quote, soon as I was getting a perfect exchange of air from Miss Monroe, and can I just say this again? Soon I was getting a perfect exchange of air from Miss Monroe. Her color started to come back. I felt she was doing well enough that we could safely take her to the hospital. I said to Murray, get the gurney. At that moment, a man carrying a doctor's bag, who we well know now as Dr. Greenson, the psychiatrist, not the doctor, doctor, right? entered the cottage and said, I am her doctor. Give her positive pressure. Holmes quoted as saying he was surprised by the doctor's decision because the resuscitator was doing its job. But he said, you never argue with a doctor at the scene of emergency. Never. You'd lose your job. So, he says, I took the resuscitator off and began to give her mouth-to-mouth -mouth resuscitation while the doctor gave her CPR. As her vital signs deteriorated, the doctor opened his bag and pulled out a syringe with a hard needle affixed to it. And we talked about this last time, okay? First of all, psychiatrist, not a doctor, happens just to have in his hot little bag mm -hmm. a syringe with a hard needle in it. Now, a hard needle is not a small itty-bitty needle, folks. We're talking about the needle from Pulp Fiction. Yeah, right? we're talking a needle that you can see the gauge, okay? Like, you know, okay, anyway. The doctor opened his bag and pulled out a syringe with a heart needle affixed to it. Pre-affixed to it already. Why? He filled the syringe from a pharmaceutical bottle of adrenaline. Now, he says adrenaline. Now, maybe the bottle said adrenaline, but if you dig a little bit into it, which I did, witnesses there said that it was a brownish, murky liquid. Not adrenaline. That's not what that is. He filled the syringe from a pharmaceutical bottle of adrenaline. The doctor then attempted to inject the stimulant into her heart in an attempt to revive her. Adding to that, I did find out, however, that this Mr. Hall said that the doctor was so inept at putting this hypodermic heart needle into her chest that he had to take his fingers and place it on her ribs to count the ribs to see which one he had to go through 
in order to make it get to her heart. <laughs> I wouldn't want to have to try to stab it into somebody's heart. A doctor, like, right? A doctor. A doctor. Hello. Right? Okay. I, I, do I have to say much more? But anyway, I'm just going to keep going. Attempted to inject the stimulant into her heart and attempt to revive her. He did it in an incorrect angle, according to Hall. The needle hit a rib. Instead of backing it out, he just leaned on it. Hal stated he believed Memorello expired at that moment. Placing the stethoscope on her chest, the doctor couldn't find a heartbeat. And according to Hall, he said, You can leave. I'm going to pronounce her dead. While James Hall was writing his report, a man in a jumpsuit was trying to <coughs> calm down the hysterical woman who was repeatedly sobbing, she's dead, she's dead. Hall noticed that a police officer arrived and spoke to the man in the jumpsuit. Hall later identified this hysterical woman as Pat Newcomb. Look her up. The man in the jumpsuit was Peter Lawford. The doctor was Ralph Greenson. And the police officer as Sergeant Marvin Ionone, who you might remember, and if you look into it, was hired by Hoover to place those particular bugs in Marilyn's house and who came back after to take them out. Which is where they found the recording mm -hmm. that was heard by Lawford. James Hall underwent a series of polygraph tests conducted by Don Frazier of Arcadia, California, a state-licensed polygraph examiner who majored in police science at the University of Southern California. Frazier states, and I quote, There is no question that James Hall is telling the truth. His story regarding the scene and circumstances of Miss Monroe's death is absolutely true. He passed every question in several exhaustive polygraph examinations. To be quite honest, folks, I don't know what to say. Mm -hmm. What else can I say? There's a lot of people that don't know this. This is an actual, this is an actual affidavit. This is an actual report. Mm -hmm. it's, this isn't just like a website page. No, it's documented. Ding! Was she killed? Or did she try to kill herself and succeed? I don't know. I can tell you what I think. What do you think? I think she was killed. I think she was murdered. And I think the reason she was murdered was because they did not want Marilyn to come out with what she said she was going to do. Mm -hmm. Be believe me, Kilgallen wasn't the only person Dorothy, or, uh, Marilyn said she was going to do this. If you dig into it, there was her friend. Mm -hmm. There were a couple of others, her hairdresser, who she told. And, and, and trust me when I tell you, when she showed up at JFK's birthday party when she was asked not to specifically by JFK in a sequined, see-through, nude-colored dress, skin tight, to sing, Happy Birthday, Mr. President. You'll see it. Look it up. So she sang her death warrant, is what you're saying. Yeah. There's, there is video and a picture of... Robert and John Kennedy speaking to her after that. Mm -hmm. You shouldn't have come. I'm just, 
you know, I, I look. This guy had, and again, what do we say, Steve? Mm -hmm. Did Mr. Hall have any kind of agenda? Did he have any kind of in anything into this? Did he have a reason to to not say what he did? Did he have a reason to but say what he did? You don't always know. Well, like, look, really look, look. I'm not saying you're wrong. But this you this was know. not something he said in 1979, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. This is something he said the night of. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's not like mm -hmm. people got to get to him. That's true. That's a good point. So, it's like Aquila Clemens, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, she just said what she saw. Mm -hmm. This guy just said what he saw. So, here's some interesting information um, that might kind of buttress that. Um, we do know that at 6.04 a.m., the, that morning, um, JFK received a telephone call at the White House from Peter Lawford. Um, supposedly, this is an hour after Lawford had hired security consultants to bury all evidence of the Kennedy's brothers' affairs with Monroe. Um, and uh, according to um, certain witnesses, Robert Kennedy, um, several hours um, after the... Um, the facts started coming out about Marilyn Monroe. Um, supposedly, he said, quote, I hope Hoover will continue to serve the country for many, many years to come. And some people think that that represented a thank you to Hoover and to the FBI for their assistance in helping to cover up Marilyn Monroe's relationship with the two Kennedy brothers. So, again, just... <clears throat> some accounts. I don't know if they're true or not, but yeah. So, you know, I I would be interested. I don't claim to know everything. Steve doesn't claim to know everything. But I I'm going to tell you right now. If you decide you want to say something other than or in rebuttal to mm -hmm. what we say, I'm going to guarantee you that I personally will dig into it, and and I don't care how much time it takes. But you better be right. Mm -hmm. Okay? Because I don't spend enough time. I don't spend the time I spend to, 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 to find crap. Mm -hmm. And I'll, I'll call you out in a heartbeat. So if you think you've got what it takes, and I'm, I'll call you out right now. Show me what you got. We'll <laughs>